0: Uh, we are starting a new series called Supernatural, um, and so what we're going to be doing is talking about the things that you don't see that go on. Um, and so today we're going to talk about the unseen. Next week we're going to talk about how, uh, in, a, in a very broad way, how Satan attacks men, and then we're going to talk in a broad way the third week how Satan attacks women. Um and it is different, and it is a little stereotypical, broad, if you will, okay? But um, uh, nonetheless, it is, uh, it is effective on the devil's part. Um, so what you see with your eyes is not all that there is. That's, that's what I want us to understand today. What you see with your eyes is not all that there is. There is a spiritual world that is more powerful than the physical world. Um, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, is real, and the Bible talks about how there is a realm that is beyond what you can see and hear. Um, now, not every bad thing is because of Satan or demons, right? Um, if you're grumpy, that's probably a you problem, not a <laughs> not a not a, a devil problem, right? If your kids are acting up, they probably just need a nap. Right? Probably not because of demons. Although you probably, you're like me, you run around thinking, you know, Um, it's probably because uh, you know, they they just need to lay down. So, even something so uh, serious in nature like what our church is is experiencing right now with with the death of Asher, um, sometimes it's just God and we just don't understand. Um, So, what we need to understand is this. The devil works differently from you and I. Uh, he is more patient. He is smarter than you or I. Uh, he is more cunning. He's better looking. Not Kevin, but... He's better looking than you or I. He has one goal, and that is to be like God. <coughs> Now, here's the thing about the devil. You cannot beat him on your own. Um, humanity cannot come together and beat him on its own. Uh, he has ingenious schemes. Most of them always involve patience and time. Um, he can outlast you. He can, he can get you to where you are unaware Um, all of these things, all of his schemes involve breaking down what God has said is good by twisting it, by confusing it, uh, by deceiving it, or by just outright destroying it. Uh, godly love, uh, family, truth, sex, (laughs) friendships, purity, all of these things are under a slow, steady attack by Satan. And you probably don't even notice it because you can't actually see it, and it's just a progression, a slow progression. But what you see with your eyes is not all that there is. There is a spiritual world, a spiritual spiritual war going on all around us with the devil and his demons on one side, and then say, uh, the Lord, excuse me, the Lord and his angels on the other. Now. Let me, let me kind of put out a, a disclaimer here. We're not a church that is kind of wacky on this stuff. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of people and churches that can be. And they'll take it and they go way far out there with it and become a cult. And, you know, or not a cult, but a very strange kind of... But here's the thing. We believe that Scripture is true. And so there are things in Scripture that are not of the physical world... And, and we need to address them, and we need to look at them. Um, and so today, that is exactly what we're going to do. There's no, like, one scripture that just says, this is the, the way Satan works. And so you look at different scriptures, and you see how he works. So we're going we're to kind of surf the Bible a little bit today, which is uh, unusual for what we do. Um, but uh, if you have your Bibles, you can, uh, you can go ahead with me, and, and we'll do some surfing. We're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. It says, uh, what's what's going on here is Elisha, uh, there's an army, uh, king of Aram. Aram has surrounded uh, the city. Um, And it says, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with Horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Elisha, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, verse 17, Elisha prayed, "O oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha and the servant got to see the spiritual world. You got to see, got to have their eyes open to see what God was doing around them in the spiritual realms. And, and we need to understand something. We're not, we are not alone. Now, right now, can, can I say there are, you know, a hundred angels in here? No, I, I don't know. because I can't see it. But there's something else happening that we cannot see. What it is, I I couldn't tell you. Jump jump to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How did did Satan actually come to be? Now this this verse is is a little debated um, because Isaiah is actually referring to the king of Tyre. But they they believe that um, that this is a, a, not not a foreshadowing. This is a, a, a double entendre that he's not only talking about the king of Tyre, but he's also talking about Satan himself. So in Isaiah fourteen twelve, and we'll go to another verse that'll back it up here in just a minute. Verse tw- uh, verse twelve says, "How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn." Oh, uh, morning star is, uh, is uh, a reference to Lucifer. You have been cast down to the earth, you, once, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Satan was actually an angel before he fell. Uh, he became jealous of God. He wanted to be like God. And Lucifer said, if you go back and look, uh, he said, I will, I will, I will. Verse 13, I will ascend to the heaven. I will raise my throne. I will sit in the throne. Verse 14, I will ascend. I will make myself. And he says, it's all about me. And God said, no, You won't. No one can ever be like me. No one can ever be like God. And so jump to the the last book of the Bible in Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to see a bit of scripture that will back this up. Chapter 12, verse 7. It says, And then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And I don't, I don't know if I have this up on the screen, but jump to verse 17. It says, Then the dragon was enraged, was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's us. There is a war going on that you cannot see, that you do not, that you do not, uh, you're not aware of, but it is a slow, steady assault on us, those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so what you see with your eyes is not all that there is. So what does Satan want with us? Satan and his demons want to destroy you. Want to destroy me? Um, now, uh, let me let me clarify sin real quick. Um, we've talked about this before, so I don't I don't have the verses in front of me, but we can. If you want to know more, we can talk about it. Uh, just come up to me. There's three types of sin. One is secondary sin. Secondary sin is the sin that affects. The world. When Adam and Eve sinned, uh, it caused nature to kind of go corrupt. This is why you see, you know, fish with three eyeballs every once in a while, and and this is why my t- my son has a, has a, a web toe, right? Um, because because his body was you know he cooked a little longer or something, and and it's just not perfect like it was with Adam and Eve. And so you see kind of things that are wrong. This is secondary sin my son doesn't have a web toe because of his sin or my sin it's just because wor- the world is corrupt because of the original sin now for us in the primary sin when we sin there's two ways two ways we sin right one is we just sin it's in us we it comes out of us we do it The other way is Satan and his temptations. Now, it's still our sin and it's still our responsibility, but he's trying to lure it out. So there's a little bit of a difference. Um, So here's here's the thing. Uh, I wanted to to distinguish those things because uh, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And if the Holy Spirit lives within you, then a demon cannot come in and inhabit you. You cannot have light and dark in the same heart, right? You say, well, hang on, Jason, I've got sin. Well, that's true, but that's because you're still sinful, but God sees us as pure. It's kind of crazy. We know we're sinners, but God looks at us and sees us as pure, as holy, because we have the Holy Spirit in us continually... Renewing us and making us new. Now, in Mark chapter 2, or excuse me, Mark chapter 5, it talks about uh, a demon. And it talks about these, uh, these people who, there's a couple of examples, that do not have the Holy Spirit um, living within them. Mark, Mark chapter 2. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, verse 2. sorry. Y'all saw that, didn't you? Nobody said anything. All right. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 2. It says, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Now notice something here. It's just a man, normal man. It said, This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Okay? So we're talking strong man context, right? We're, we're talking this, this guy is strong. And it's not because of him, it's because of the demon. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And in verse 5, it's not up there, it says, Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So this man, this man would cry out and he would cut himself. Um, and this isn't that, that much different from cutters uh, in our day. Um, why? Because the enemy's job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And he will fool you and trick you into believing that cutting yourself is releasing the pain or that cutting yourself is actually good or that cutting yourself is something that, that will help you. And so when he saw Jesus... He actually runs to him, and he pleads with Jesus, and Jesus takes, there's actually many demons in this guy, and they take him, and he takes the demons, and he throws them into this, into these pigs. Jump over to uh, Matthew 17. Matthew 17, verse 15. 17, verse 15. There's a, a son, and he's possessed with a demon, and uh, his father comes up to Jesus. and says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Verse 17, oh, believing, this is Jesus, oh, believing in perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Now, the boy keeps trying to kill himself. This is not an act of the boy. This is not what the boy wants. But the demons inside of him desire to inflict suffering and to eventually extinguish life. Now, if they want to do this to a child, imagine what they want to do with an adult. There is no mercy here. There's no grace here. There's no love here. Is control and power. Now let's let's think about us. For those of us who have the Holy Spirit in us, First uh, Timothy uh, four one talks about demons um, and it says, or it talks about how what they want to do. It Says the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons such te- teachings this isn't up here such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron so you see the temptations and how these demons want to lure you away from god they'll study you maybe you like shiny things right or bouncy things you know or sports or whatever Maybe you easily get caught up in, in busyness or, or, or skin or, or the pursuit of intellectual ideas or spiritual enlightenment. Um, they will use these things to lure you away simply by tempting you with them. And they will pull your focus off of Christ. They will pull your focus off of God. What you see is not all that there is. There are... Three things that we should never do with Satan. Uh, Number one, we should never treat our enemy lightly. We should never be like, eh. That is the result of the slow, steady progression that he gives. That's the result he wants. He wants you to go, you know, it's just one step away from where we were, it's not a big deal. But in the long run, over the last 50 or 100 or, or 1,000 years, whatever it may be, he says, look at how far I've come. We should never treat our enemy lightly. Jude, the book of Jude is right before Revelation. It is one whole chapter in, the, um, in uh, Jude, in Jude uh, verses 9 and 10. It says, but even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. You're like, what? What does that have to do with him? See, even Michael, the archangel, didn't go to the devil and say, you know what, I'm going to take you on. He didn't treat him lightly. He, he said, God will take care of you. And we need to understand that we cannot treat him lightly. Acts chapter 19. I know I'm going through a bunch of verses, but I want us to kind of really get this and understand um, how serious evil is in the world and what's going on here. Uh, Chapter 19, verses 14 through 16. It says, Seven sons of Sceva... Listen to this. I love this story. Seven sons of Sceva a Jewish chief priest uh, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them. uh, I should give you the background. There's this this evil spirit, and he's taken over this guy. Um, And um, they've been wandering around pulling out demons, the seven sons of Sceva, pulling out demons in Jesus' name, even though they really didn't buy into Jesus himself. And so... It says, one day they're doing this, and the evil spirit answered them Jesus, I know. I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Right? So this demon kicks the tails of seven guys so badly that they've lost all their clothes in the fight somehow. I guess it just rips them off. And so they're running around town naked and bleeding because this demon kicks their tail. Don't take this lightly, because they will get you. They will whoop you. Right? This is—I mean, this is this is—it's funny, but it's serious stuff. Uh, Number two, don't flirt with the darkness. Don't flirt with darkness. Um, In this town, you can you can flirt with all kinds of darkness. You can flirt with evil. And seances and tarot cards and Ouija boards—it's it's easy to find this stuff. Don't, don't flirt with this stuff. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 18, in the law that um, that Moses, that God had given Moses, chapter uh, verses 10 and through 12 says, "Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery." You say. You sacrifice a son or daughter. But but this other stuff you see quite often. Who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium, or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Now you might say, oh, "I don't know anybody that does this. I don't I don't do it." But here's the thing. You see it on TV all the time. I mean, how many vampire stories are running amok right now, right? The, the those crazy movies the, that every teenager has seen and you know that kind of stuff and we've all probably seen them too. Um, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here, but I mean, this is this is kind of a glimpse of what goes on and how it starts. You start looking at this stuff and you say, I'm not going to do it. We know vampires aren't real. Right? What if they are? But Maybe. Maybe there's like gene technology out there. And some wacky person is going to start believing this. I'm not saying us. But there's little things that occur that Satan uses to get into your head. And I use that as a as a very superficial and, and uh, weak example, but nonetheless an example. Um, and then the third thing: we don't fight with our power, but with God's authority. We don't fight with our power, but with God's authority. Just like uh, Michael, the archangel, turned to God and said, "The Lord rebuke you." Um, in Matthew chapter chapter ten, verse one. Um, Jesus says he called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Um, We don't fight with our power, but with God's authority. We don't fight with God's power, but with our authority. Jesus didn't give his power. He gave his authority to speak for and in the name of Jesus. So we need to be aware that if you try to do it on your own, you're going to run up against a roadblock. It's going to be tough, and you will eventually get beat. We need to understand that there is a battle, that the battle is real. There there is an evil force out there um, that is more real than you could ever imagine. And I know for some of us, this is kind of crazy talk, but like I say, this is... We believe that Scripture is true. Uh, We believe that what it says is true. And we can't ignore some of the weirder, strange stuff. Satan and his demons want you. They want your family. They want your marriage. They want your health. And they want your life through your own self-destruction. What you see with your eyes is not all that there is. So how do you battle against that? How do you battle against the evil one? James 4.7 talks about this. And it's pretty simple. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Submit yourself to God. Maybe you need to, and this, I know this is going to sound weird, maybe you need to, to get home and say, and stuff's been happening, and this is just crazy. <coughs> um, we can look back on times of our church where we see stuff happening, and it's like, "What? what is going on? Families are falling apart. There are things that are occurring that that you never think would occur. What is going on here with us? And you can look back and you can see the temptations that have occurred and you can see how people have fallen and how the family needed to get together and then submit themselves to God and say, Satan cannot touch our family. You need to go. He cannot stay. And then you draw near to God and let Him battle for you. These guys, if you want to come back up. <clears throat> there may be a battle going on for you uh, right now. I know in our church there are four families who are struggling And they are in a battle. Um, And you can feel it. When it occurs with you. Um, You can feel the Holy Spirit longing for you to follow Him. And then you can also feel something else pulling you away from Him. Um, If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then that is the Holy Spirit calling you to Him. If you do... That is still the Holy Spirit calling you back to Him. Um, But you have to choose. It is a choice that you make. You choose to follow Jesus or you choose to follow yourself and your own desires and what ultimately is evil. There's no middle ground. Jesus says, you're either for me or against me. There's there's not an in-between. So maybe you're at a point in your life where you want more of God. Maybe maybe there's a point where you've had enough of the devil's schemes and, and you know he's trying to distract you and pull you away from God. He's um, going to use stress and, and unreal expectations and temptations of, of laziness and all of these crazy things to draw you off course. Um, resist him. Resist him. And he will flee from you. Run to Jesus. Spend time with God in Scripture and prayer and stillness. And this may be your battle right now. Win the battle. Choose Jesus. Pray and do battle for God. You can't see it, but there's a battle going on right here for you, for our church, for the church as a whole one would, would love to put the fear of whatever it is that you fear into your family to take hold, maybe because of the death of Asher, even. Resist him, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself and your family to God. They're one of the families that are struggling. She gave permission for me to share that. Pray for the families that are unspoken, that are struggling. For those who struggle in physical ways. For those who long for victory in their lives through God.